it's been it's been quite the week, Sean. I feel like most weeks have been quite the week for a while mm. now. I don't know if, if they've been quite as much of a week as this one has been. That's true, I guess. I didn't think about that. I didn't think about that. I, I basically stayed up really late last night to watch UFC in New York, and then this morning I got up and just did nothing but play Destiny, so my brain is zapped. <laughs> zapped. Yeah, I've been I've I've been in a bit of a daze all week myself. Yeah, a daze is a good way to describe it. It's a good way to describe it. I've been real busy too between like Octopus stuff and I've been working. Uh, my mom got a new freelance gig, so that's been going, and I've been kind of advising that. And um, I've had to write a lot of jQuery for it because the project was already kind of half set up, and I'm using what they had. Is that is that going. just like a super weird throwback to be writing jQuery again in that way? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, in in terms of updating DOM myself, uh, it's not the worst. Uh, I mean, so like the the use cases aren't super complicated, right? It's just kind of like a product image viewer. So you got, I'm actually using Drift with it, which works great. Nice. Um, Yeah, so it's just kind of doing that from scratch. And uh, it's not nearly as bad because I know a lot more about JavaScript. Uh, So I can actually do things in in a nice, neat, reusable way, you know, keep things out of the global scope. It's working out well. It's just different. It's just very different from what I'm used to. All right. Well, this isn't normally a topic for us, but uh, given some recent world events, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about privacy and security and all those sorts of things because I think it's going to be important for a lot of people coming up here pretty soon. Yeah, it's funny you bring that up because uh, two, three days ago, I turned File Vault on all of my Macs. Nice. Yeah, File Vault is uh, pretty amazing and if you have an SSD, there's effectively no performance cost. I haven't noticed anything. Zero performance costs. No. Not even on the MacBook. So I guess there's not really a reason why you shouldn't have it on. So I heard someone say something about this topic that kind of changed my mind about it because I hadn't really done a lot of things myself in terms of like using VPNs and stuff. But um, they said, you know, if you bother with locking your front door at night, you should probably do the same with your digital life. And I was like, that makes sense, you know, because I lock my front door at night. So I went and turned File Vault on. Yeah, I mean, the the thing is, no matter what you're doing with your computer, you've probably got some stuff on there that you would consider sensitive information. I mean, at, at the very least, you have probably passwords saved in your browser or in some other password manager. And just turning File Vault on is, a, is an easy way to give yourself a little bit more peace of mind that if you somehow lost your laptop or if, you know, what, whatever happened to your computer, if it fell into the wrong hands, that they would have a much harder time getting access to anything. Right. I mean, even personally, I have like dr- like scan driver's licenses for, for identifying, like some services that require you to identify yourself, like banks and things like that. Insurance stuff, uh, tax information, you know, tax returns that I keep in PDF form. Uh, there's, I mean, there's lots of stuff that you wouldn't even really think about, but someone could piece together information. So if like if you've watched the show, Mr. Robot, it's not one massive hack where people get you. It's kind of like the slow pieces of information they get over time that they can they can piece together. Um, so yeah, and it was it, all I did was click a button and restart my computer. That's all it took. Yeah, it's incredibly easy to set up. So uh, I would highly recommend that anybody who doesn't have that set up that you set it up or at least look into it and kind of start wrapping your head around what it does and and why it's important. So you mentioned you mentioned VPNs and. I'm curious, what what do you use for a VPN software, Sean? Um, I've been using Cloak. Uh, I don't use it a ton. So you can subscribe monthly for different plans, different data sizes. And I just do the micro plan. It's like two or three bucks a month. And I use it really only when I'm at the airport, just because there's so many people, there's so many different uh, 
you know, signals going around. So they have the Mac version and they have an iOS version and I just turned it on both and it just works seamlessly. As soon as you connect to Wi-Fi, um, it routes your connection through a secure location and you're good to go. You don't even have to think about it. Right. I, I think a lot of people don't necessarily quite understand just how vulnerable you are when you're on public Wi-Fi networks. There was a browser extension for Firefox, I believe, a couple years ago. I can't recall the name of it offhand. Um, but Was it Wireshark? Well, no, but although Wireshark is another way that you can do this, what what this browser extension did actually is, let's say you were at a Starbucks or something and you hopped on their public Wi-Fi. You could set this up and just let it run for a little bit and it would actually just find all of the network traffic that was going over HTTP that wasn't on HTTPS sites. And it would actually do things like pull out credentials and allow you to just log into sites as other people who are on that network. It's very, very trivially easy for folks to do that if you're not using HTTPS sites, which unfortunately many still aren't. Um, although in the last year right. we've seen a huge uptick, thanks in part to things like CertBot. Yeah, CertBot almost makes it too easy. I just actually tend to renew my cert the other night. And again, I SSH into my server and two minutes later, everything's good. Uh, but it's interesting that Someone can just sit in a Starbucks and just snoop all the all the traffic. And it's also interesting if you think about it in the context of how many more like single page apps are coming out. And there's lots of discussions around how to handle authentication. That's why you see lots of third party services rolling up like Auth0. Um, yeah, so that's 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 crazy. Like talk, thinking about you know someone can just set up a, a, a plugin or turn their laptop on and just collect usernames and passwords that are routing through secure networks. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned you're using Cloak. There's There seems like there's kind of two big ones. I've done a bit of research on this over the last week or so. Uh, Cloak for sure is really well-known and well-loved. And there is another one that's actually the the one that I've signed up for that's called Tunnel Bear. Um, effectively the exact same service, but they have a little bear and the pricing is a little bit, <laughs> the pricing model is a bit different um, that I preferred personally. Uh, so sure. I would I would definitely recommend that people take a look at both of those and figure out which one works for you. That's a cute little bear. Well, the little one's cute. The grizzly looks kind of scary. It is. It's pretty. It's pretty adorable. It actually, when you connect, it shows a bear digging a little hole in the ground from where you are, and then popping up somewhere else on in the planet. It's pretty great. That's pretty cool. I like it. It's very whimsical. We kind of glossed over this, but uh, for the people that might not know, what are the benefits of using a VPN? So why why would someone even bother using a VPN? Or and and how how like I guess in a nutshell, how does it work? Well, so the, kind of the most common probably use case would be what I mentioned before, where if you're on a public Wi-Fi network, anything that's not going over HTTPS, anything that's going out to the internet, just unencrypted, can be grabbed by anybody there pretty easily. And what a VPN does is it makes sure that all the traffic leaving your computer is encrypted and goes to a separate place and then actually goes out from there. Um, so it's a, it's a secure tunnel that gets you out of that unknown network to one that you trust, hopefully because you're paying for the service. And that, that kind of gives you a little bit more security in that public network sense. Um, and and there, are, there are a lot of different reasons you might want that kind of security and that kind of privacy. But I think one of the most common ones is probably just to protect your personal information that's being sent out, credit card information, login information, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. On the same kind of note of 
just kind of watching, you know, what's going in and out of your computer. Uh, there are other apps that you can install as well that kind of look look at who's connecting to your computer and what data your computer is sending to where. Uh, one of the probably the most popular ones for Mac is called Little Snitch. Um, but essentially, whenever whenever something comes in or out of your computer, you can you can say allow this or don't allow it. So that way, um, you can you can whitelist certain apps that you trust, and then you can just you know also just stop all traffic. So that way there's nothing behind the scenes that you don't know about that's connecting to a server that you don't want to connect to. Uh, and it's, it's pretty useful, especially again, if you're traveling or if you're in a public place with lots of people around, just pop it on and you can actually observe, you know, who's trying to, to send stuff to you. But also that it's actually really kind of eye-opening how many different connections your computer has open at any given time. You know, all of the background processes running by different applications, checking for updates, um, you know, phoning home to see if your application actually has been authorized and, and all that stuff. I thought it, it's it's pretty it's pretty eye-opening to see all that stuff. So on the same topic of you know, keeping track of what is going into and out of your computer and, and making sure that things that you want to stay private are staying private, uh, there is a fantastic, fantastic application called Signal. It's from a company called Whisper Systems. And basically what it is, is a private messenger. And I mean that in the sense that it has full end-to-end encryption. It allows you to verify pretty easily that the, the person you're talking to is the who they say they are. Um, and there's no possibility of a man-in-the-middle attack. And they store effectively no metadata, which is a common issue with many um, many messaging apps. So for example, WhatsApp while they have end-to-end encryption for their messages, they store that metadata, though. Um, and, and what that means is if someone were to inquire into what your messaging history was, they wouldn't be able to see the contents of your messages, but they would know exactly who you talked to and when you talked to them, which is, is really in itself still a lot of very um, powerful and personal information. Uh, that's one of the great greatest things, in my opinion, about Signal is that they don't really have that information to give or to be lost or to be found. So it it makes things a lot more secure because that that data just doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, I think I I think I installed this. I saw a tweet from Murmurs actually. He was talking about um, installing Tor and Signal, and so I checked it out and I installed it, uh, and it's pretty okay. Uh, the fact that they don't store metadata is huge, obviously, because I feel like there's a lot of shadiness around that that happens. Like a lot of people will say, hey, you know, we don't store your your history, but yeah, they still collect lots of information. Like you said, you know, who you're talking to, when you're talking to them, how long you're talking to them, etc., um, which is, is quite a bit. And even, you know, some applications that use location tracking, they might even store where you sent that message from still, even if they don't have the actual message. Which, like you said, is still a lot of information. So it's it's pretty awesome that that was that uh the signal doesn't even store any of that stuff. Right, and what's really great is that the the client and server are both open source and available on GitHub. So they are completely available for people to do security audits on to make sure that they actually are doing all these things correctly and doing what they say they're doing. Um, and they've been. Uh, this is obviously beyond kind of my my area of expertise but they have been independently audited by many people in in the security field and they are they are doing it right it seems that's really awesome i did not know that it was open source and i just found their github and you're right everything the ios app the android app desktop well the chrome app 
um, the back end. That's that's pretty awesome. Yep, it's they they really are doing pretty much every aspect of this right. And if I'm not mistaken, you can do voice calls with that too, right? Yeah, that's cool. You can send files, images, text, voice. That's pretty cool. I'll have to I'll have to try that out some more. Now, what about this thing called Keybase? So I remember when. I don't even, maybe it was last year or something. You sent me a message saying, hey, this is pretty cool. And I looked at it and I was like, I don't know what this is. <laughs> like I can read the headline, but I guess in a nutshell, what is Keybase and why, you know, why should people use it or why would people use it? Yeah, Keybase is another thing that I'm really, really excited about. Uh, and and it's something that I've liked and used for, yeah, probably about a year at this point. It's really great. Um, in a nutshell, what Keybase lets you do is take those keys and then use them to verify yourself on other places on the internet. So you can verify, for example, that your Keybase account is the same person that controls your Twitter account or your Facebook account or your Reddit account or your website, a lot a lot of different services. You can go in and say, I am this person on all these different services. And you do that by posting a message to each one of these services with a message that has been signed by your key. So anybody can independently verify that that actually is you even outside of the key-based system. So it's it's completely able to be independently audited, which is great. So that explains all of those I'm verifying myself on key-based tweets that I saw right around the time that you sent this to me. Yeah, that that's how that's how they verify these things is by having a public post that exists forever that says I'm I am this person on Keybase. Here is how you can verify that, and that allows anybody to go in and say, "Oh, okay, the person who controls his Keybase account is the same person who controls his Twitter account, is the same person who controls his Facebook account." So when you're discussing things with people, when you're when you're talking to people, you can know that they actually are, or at least were, at the time of the posting, who they say they are. That's pretty cool. So essentially, then, if you identified yourself on all of your networks with this, and uh, someone contacted you, or you contacted somebody, they could you could, you could essentially ensure that you're talking to the person that you think you are talking to, and that way you kind of get around the problem where if you're trying to communicate something sensitive to somebody, you you know you actually know that's who you're supposed to be talking to, and not someone else that's trying to in- intercept a message. Exactly, and and what's really great about Keybase is it's not just the identity verification. That's a major part of it. That's kind of what they're what they're known for, and that was the first set of features. Uh, but they also allow you to do. They help with signing and encrypting messages. Actually, they they have tools for this. You can do Keybase encrypt some person and then send them a message, and it just makes it a lot more user friendly than um, a lot of other encryption tools are or have been in the past. Um, So that's great. And they also have this new thing called Keybase File System. Uh, And that's actually fully encrypted file storage that also allows you to set up private and public shares with other people based on their usernames from other systems. So you can say, I want to share this with Sean Washbot on Twitter. Only you would, would be able to see that because you verified your Twitter account with Keybase. But we would have then a shared folder like Dropbox, right. but fully backed with all the encryption that Keybase provides. That's really cool. So like say, I mean, a really, really practical example of this would be like if you had some family members and you needed to share sensitive documents with them or something. Yeah, exactly. For, you know, tax returns or whatever, just kind of shared things like that that you might want to have safe, but also shared with people. This is a, a fantastic way to do that. And it's, I believe it's still in beta or alpha. It's pretty early days for it. But uh, Keybase file system has been super useful for me already. That's pretty cool. 
Yeah, and on the on the Keybase side of things, I just wanted to let any listeners of Does Not Compute know it's currently invite only, I believe, and I do have quite a few invitations. Um, so if anybody is interested in this, I please reach out to me and let me know, and I will be happy to send you an invite. So okay, so I guess one last question, and I was thinking about this um, maybe I think it was yesterday. So I was thinking, I think it was spurred because I turned on File Vault, and I was thinking, well, I'm encrypting my hard drive, but I have a lot of stuff in Dropbox, and think what you will about Dropbox, I love it, um, but thinking in terms of like encryption and making sure all your stuff is is safe. Uh, I was looking around and it looks like there are some competitors like, for example, Spider Oak, where you have essentially a syncing option, but all of the information that you're syncing is actually encrypted. So one of the, I, I don't know anything about uh, Spider Oak, was it called? Mm-hmm. Spider Oak. I, I don't know anything about that service in particular, but one thing that I've done in the past, um, now I just put things in Keybase, but for sensitive information in the past, what I've done is just build a encrypted disk image you can do that in Disk Utility on macOS. You can just pop that open and say, I want to create a secure disk image of this size, and it'll generate that for you. And then that's complete, completely encrypted and password protected. And then I'll just actually <laughs> drop files into that disk image and put the disk image itself in Dropbox. Um, the one kind of caveat there, the one thing that you want to watch out for is that you need to make sure that you have that disk image ejected before you access it from another computer, because otherwise you could cause some real sync problems for yourself. Right. That's pretty awesome. Uh, so I pulled up the Spider Oak site, and it looks like they're actually offering a few different uh, solutions. So they have something called Semaphore, which is group chat, but it's encrypted. Uh, group chat and file sharing. They have Spider Oak One, which is basically like Dropbox. It's just a file syncing network. And it looks like they have something also called Encryptor, which is a password manager. And now that I bring that up, uh, password managers are huge, Paul. They're huge. Maybe maybe the single most important thing you can do for your computer security. Yeah, I I can't imagine living without one. I personally use one password. I know there's lots of options out there. Um, I really like one password. I've used it literally, like quite literally every single day for maybe the past two or three years now. And I use it on my phone, use it on my computer, all my computers. I got Jamie using it, got my parents using it. Um, it's 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 pretty incredible. And if you're not familiar, essentially you just have one master password that unlocks a vault where you store all of your other passwords. And most of them also come with tools for generating passwords. So for example, if you're signing up for an account on a new site, you just click a button and it'll create a, a secure password for you and store it in the vault. So you don't have to remember it. In fact, I don't know most of my passwords to different sites. I just store them in my vault. And the vault itself is actually encrypted. So there's not really any way that anyone could pry that open and get those passwords. Yeah. One one password in particular of all the password managers um, tends to do things really right on the security side of things. They publish some, some white papers and such on this that you can find on their website. We'll have a link to that in show notes. Um, but even if you don't use one password, which both Sean and I would highly recommend that you use, you should be using some sort of password manager because using the same password for multiple accounts, which I know is something that I was guilty of before I started using 1Password, and I, I, many people are, that is one of the most dangerous things you can do for security online. Every service at some point, or at least the vast majority of services at some point, will be compromised. And if you use the same passwords for your bank account as you do for your Facebook or your Twitter, you're going to be in for a bad time. That's a lot of passwords to change. It's very easy to forget to change one. 
and you might not even know that your data has been compromised. So you might not even know that you need to change passwords. That's true. And that's actually a really nice feature of 1Password is that they have, I can't remember what the feature is called, maybe a security auditor or something. Watchtower? Is that what it's called? Watchtower. Yeah. That's what it's called, Watchtower. And what they do is they watch your passwords and anything that's, you can actually set filters, I think, and you could set, say like, you know, warn me if my passwords are older than six months. So that way you can kind of go incrementally and change them uh, every six months to make sure that you're getting a fresh rotation of unique passwords. But also, if I remember correctly, they actually will, it'll actually tell you like X site has been hacked and there's a security vulnerability and you should change your password for that site. Yep. They they provide that service and it's, it's really cool. It's great. Makes it too easy, Paul. It can never be too easy. Security can never be too easy, Sean. Except for when it's too easy. 